0: Hi, this is Yuri Nair. Welcome to the Awkward Mind Podcast. If you're here, you must be interested in developing your mind and improving your life through self-education. Unfortunately, developing your mind can be a real struggle when you're constantly being bombarded with negative digital noise from those pesky devices all around us. To tell you the truth, I felt frustrated myself until I discovered three simple steps to declutter my mind from that digital noise. And now I wanted to share those steps with you in the hope that it'll give you the tools to tune out the noise so that you can better focus on the things that will nurture and improve your mind. For that, I put together a free video series that walks you through the simple process of decluttering your mind from the digital noise. Are you ready to get rid of the negative clutter for good and tune into your real mind? Then head to awkwardmind.com to grab your free video series now and start your journey to a better mind today. And now, let's get on to the show. (music) Hello, friends, and welcome to the Awkward Mind podcast live. I'm Yuri Nair, and my guest today is Estelle Poirier, based in Quebec City, Canada. Estelle is the Lifestyle Consultant and Intentional Self Consulting. She has an atypical background and is proud of it. Here to talk about lifestyle change, simple living solutions, decluttering your life inside and out, taking extreme ownership, and more. Please welcome Estelle Puri. Estelle, welcome to the Awkward Mind podcast. Oh (laughs) my.
1: I thought I'd put a little little dancing into it.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks. thanks. That's awesome. Well, welcome. I'm so glad that we got to connect, thanks to our good friend and my coach, Kia Baker, who introduced us.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Kia. Merci, Kia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Very good. So I guess because I was a little... Not surprised, not in a bad way, but I was just like when I was reading your bio, I was like, atypical background. It's like I want to know more. I'm intrigued. So will you, will you set the stage for us a little bit? What was it like growing up, and why are you proud of your atypical background?
1: Um, Well, I would say that uh, atypical background, huh? I guess that would come from my parents. Um, I -hmm. guess in a good way and in a bad way. Um, I'll say this. Pretty straightforward. Uh, growing up was uh, was a bit of a traumatizing experience. Without let's say getting into in too much details, it was it was uh, pretty dysfunctional and uh, yeah, traumatizing. So I think that uh, led me into um, living a bit of a, an atypical life and creating this atypical background uh, of mine. So I guess that. Um, I guess typically a lot of people would, um, they would go to school and I don't know, that's always this kind of vision that I have of people in general. They, they know exactly what they want to do and they just, they go to school and they go for it. You know, they, they have this, all these steps that they're following. Uh, but I guess I did the complete opposite. Um, I guess I went to school. I guess I, I guess I enjoyed it. Uh, and I worked a little bit. I did a, an architectural uh, technology diploma, and I worked a little bit in the field of architecture. I worked in architect's firm, uh, just a few of them. And um, <clears throat> I guess it just wasn't for me this, uh, this life in an office. So... Um, I guess I stopped that and I went on, I decided to quit my job uh, and I decided to go traveling. I was in my early 20s at the time. So I guess my really my atypical background starts there. Uh, Quit this job that could have been, you know, really good for me. But I guess I just wasn't interested. That's not what I wanted to do. So I traveled and I well, I traveled. I worked in different places. Uh, different industries, and um, going from tourism to bus driving in the oil patch, which is, I guess, completely different from uh, what my business is now. Um, but I guess that was good financially to afford uh, studying at UC Davis, uh, and also uh, to keep to keep on with my life, right, and my travels. So yeah, I guess the atypical background is. Um, I guess instead of following this straight path, I was like a, a bee, right? like a bee who's going from one flower to another. And I'm trying out new things and trying out new experiences. So I guess that's how it, it rolled for me. And it worked out pretty well. And I really enjoyed it. And that's why I can say um, with conviction that I'm very proud of uh, this very atypical background, I guess, that I I did this for quite a long quite a long time many years that I was a bee going from one flower to another experiencing all these things all these jobs and meeting all these wonderful different people um, and learning English as well which was wasn't really easy but that was a whole lot of fun so so yeah thanks to thanks to that uh, thanks to that background
0: well that's awesome that's a great analogy I don't know if I ever heard that before about a bee going from flower to flower, picking up different experiences. That's amazing. So so I wanted to ask you, what is what is the motto that you live by now?
1: Um,
0: the motto, I guess um,
1: I guess I could say I have a few, but I, I, I have this, um, this this one sentence that really inspires me and it's from Dan Pena. This, this guy who's yelling all the time at everyone. And <laughs> I mean, I guess he's not for everyone, but I, I guess I really love this guy, the way he talks and what he says uh, really, really shakes me. And he said something that I always keep, keep close, you know, always a sentence that I remember. And it's when you are fearless, life becomes limitless. And I don't think that it cannot be said better than this. When you are fearless, I mean, we are, most of us, I mean, including myself, right? Uh, we are filled with, with, so, many, with so many fears um, daily. And uh, it's like we're living with the brakes on, which um, is a book that I'm reading right now. <laughs> Release your brakes from James Newman. So, yeah. So, yeah, I really love it. When you're fearless, life becomes limitless.
0: And um, what does that mean to you?
1: that I'm full of potential. Everyone is full of potential. And I mean, for myself, yeah, I'm absolutely full of potential. Um, And to unleash my potential is really a way of tapping into the fear and getting rid of it and fully experiencing uh, a life that I want to have, to fully to fully live, basically, that's that's exactly what it
0: is. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful, and and I love Dan Pena. I I agree. He he's not everyone's cup of tea, but because <laughs> I guess because the way the way Kira, because I hope she she doesn't mind me co- quoting her a little bit, but she said it several times now. Is that because she's gone through boot camp that she doesn't she doesn't need another one? But I guess because I never served, I actually need that in my life. So I needed Dan Pena to set me straight once in a while. So anyway. Oh,
1: wow. I love that. The boot camp. Yeah, it looks like yeah. A Dan yeah. Pena's boot camp. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like.
0: Yeah. So I like, I, I, I get it that you don't want to go through that again, but I've never gone. So I, I need that in my life. So. So. In any case, so I guess in all your buzzing around from thing to thing you had a bit of an awkward moment because you know one of the connections we also share is through the London Real Academy and though we haven't taken the courses at the same time right I'm going through some of it now and you've taken their business accelerator earlier but I know as you were going through it you had a bit of an awkward moment and a bit of a realization because that was all before you settled on a lifestyle consulting so you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah absolutely actually uh i guess it it feels uh, like a uh, awkward and a bit embarrassing and a bit like a haha moment but i guess it, it happens to it happened to me but it it happens to it can happen to so many people mm-hmm. um i guess that when i started the course i mean i had just left this job uh, this this shit job that i had and i quit and then i joined a London Real Academy, and I started the business accelerator. I was really happy about that, and um, I had this idea of lifestyle consulting. You know, I'm passionate about human being and sustainability and travel, and I thought this is what I'm this is what I'm going to be doing. I I've had this idea for a long time, and then um, when I started the course, it was a bit. I guess. Um, I guess I was a bit influenced, or. I guess I got into a, a different niche that maybe was going to be working better for me in um, in an online business field, and so it was about talking. It was to talk about my 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 life experience and my experience as a, a child from a dysfunctional family and how to heal heal from uh, a father that is uh, alcoholic. So I guess I did that for a while, but to be perfectly honest, I, throughout the course, I felt a little, well, it's funny, I, I felt two things. I felt like I was learning something as if this experience, I had to go through this experience to learn something from it. And then at the same time, I felt like I was a bit betraying myself because this is not exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, because I've always been interested by lifestyle and simple living and sustainability and and, and emotional healing, obviously. But um, yeah, so around the end of the course, um, I guess I guess it was one of the last calls with Brian, and Brian said something that I'll never forget, and it was. Wow, that's it. That was the ha ha moment for me. And also sort of an awkward moment. You said in the end, you gotta be you gotta be passionate about your you gotta be um passionate about your micro niche. You gotta be passionate about your your um your clientele and and and, and the field in which you are. Um and I thought, oh my goodness. This is absolutely, I'm, I'm absolutely not um, passionate about this micro niche. I mean, not at all. So I was feeling very uh, uncomfortable and embarrassing and awkward for me to, to, to realize that. And at the same time, it was a bit of a ha moment because I thought, holy moly, uh, I guess this was like a, eight weeks where I've, I was doing therapy <laughs> therapy therapy sessions for eight weeks but clearly this I, i i learned something definitely i feel different than eight weeks ago but the thing is it's just not uh what i'm supposed to be doing with my life this is not my life project so my life project is really mostly about lifestyle consulting so so i guess i switch back to my initial idea, which felt very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. I've, I felt a bit stupid, and, you know, I thought, shoot, you know, I spent just eight weeks working on this um, micro niche, and now I'm going back to my initial idea. I, I, I felt like I wasted uh, eight weeks in a way.
0: And so what did you ultimately learn from that? Because I don't, I don't think it was a waste at all, it sounds like.
1: You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But the thing is, I, at, at the time, I, I felt like it. And there was a moment, um, I guess that was in January, um, after the holidays, and we were just about to finish the, the course. And um, yeah, to me, it, in a way, it felt, it, it, it really felt a bit like, a, like a, a waste. I thought, holy moly, that was eight weeks that I could have really uh, listened to myself fully. And go with it with the lifestyle consulting, because that's really uh, what I wanted to do. But I I, I guess somehow there was something in my life that I needed to that I needed to learn at that. During those eight weeks, and uh, maybe that was meant to be that was meant to be like that. So in a way, uh, definitely, I guess it wasn't a waste. So it was on the balance. I had those two weights, (laughs) 50-50.
0: So but but now you're fully committed and you're ready to go with your gut and focus on on lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, you you're you're absolutely right. And uh that's what I started doing from January. So uh slowly, you know, once one tiny step at a time, uh and uh, like a turtle, I could say uh, that's what I've been uh, committing to uh daily.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what that's what it takes, right? Just one step at a time. And so, because obviously you already had a gut feeling for it even before you started the business accelerator. So, what was it that inspired you to want to to help people sort of declutter their life and really realize you know their full potential and that they don't really need all these things in their life and that they're actually holding them back?
1: Um, actually. That's a really good question, because I, I could go back to childhood where um, as much as it was a, a bit of a traumatizing experience and not a really good experience, it was a bit of a dysfunctional, um, very toxic environment and dysfunctional. There was a side of my parents that was very, very inspiring at the same time. Uh, both of my parents, I grew up with two very clean and uh, clutter free people. Um, I, I always grew up with uh, my mom cleaning daily, washing dishes every day and um, a, and my father as well. Uh, he was always, um, how could I say, he was always uh, picking up after himself. Uh, every single room in the house was always clean. So I grew up like that and that's what was uh, was taught to me, uh, from a very young age, um, I still remember, uh, especially two episodes that I'm I'm constantly thinking. My mom, I was maybe three or four years old. Uh, she would always uh, take take uh, take me with her to the grocery store, and uh, she would show me. I mean, she, I would, I was bitching and whining because I didn't want to go there. I would just wanted probably to watch comic strip on on television, but she would always take me with her, and she would say, "Okay, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you how to." I don't know, buy uh, how to purchase a smart shopping, right? She would say, I'm going to show you how to buy milk or buy uh, ketchup or uh, to compare prices for items to compare the quantity versus the quality um, to have somewhat a, an idea of what an item is supposed to cost. And the second thing I was still a very small child again, and I would, go with my mom in the sleigh. She would carry me in the sleigh in the winter. And then at some point, uh, obviously, I would start bitching and whining because she would say, Estelle, get off the sleigh, please, because I need to pick up that table, for instance. And uh, well, it was a table that was um, that was trash, basically. Uh, somebody would get rid of it and not want it anymore. However, it was in excellent prime condition, and my mom would see that as Pure gold and something that she could have in her house. So I guess that I also grew up with in a house in a household where um, a lot of the furniture is uh, is very old, is is uh, secondhand, is uh, free and um, lasts <laughs> for a long time. So I guess that's I guess that's how I grew up, uh, really giving value to objects and cherishing objects uh to love them in a to love material possessions in a positive way and to to love people in a positive way and to also love and cherish um material possessions in a positive way so if i'm i cherish those two they last for a longer time so so yeah i would say that's that's how i've been uh that's how I, I was. I was born and raised in that type of, of, of family, and I guess that I I carried that all my life, and that's just how I live now.
0: Right. So for I guess for those of us that maybe have a have a different background and haven't had that environment sort of instilled in us from early on, what made you realize that you can actually help others, and what? What made you decide to turn this into a into a business where you actually help others?
1: Um, well, I guess that was over time. Um, I guess with an atypical background, I I got to work in in different in different in different field in tourism in in the oil patch, like I said, in northern Canada, and. I've met a lot of people um, because I was also, uh, I was a bus driver, but I was also cleaning rooms. So I could see the people's, the the different workers' room, and I could see how people were living. And uh, I could see how people collect a lot of stuff and how people spend their money, uh, that often uh, they they earn money and then they spend it right away on on stuff that that actually they don't really need. And also, they think they want, but actually, maybe they don't. They don't really want it. They think they want it because they want to fit in uh, with everybody. They want to look like everybody. Um, maybe because that's like um, a comfortable, a comfortable state to be in. So, it was really the the number of people that I met over the years, and to see how they were thinking and how they were behaving on a daily basis that got me to think that there was a bit of a problem. Um, another thing was also the consumer debt. For example, the con- the Canadian consumer, the average consumer debt of Canadians that is going up all the time, which I guess was confirming that people, I guess it's a bit of a lifestyle. People like, like my good friend Alberto would say is a Dear friend of mine, he would always say, um, "People survive in deaths. so it's a lifestyle. It's, a, it's, it's. I guess it's a choice, um, and yeah, that's how people live. And sometimes they don't really realize that they're living like that. It's, it's Oh, it's normal. That's how we live. We survive in debt. That's what everybody does. So we do it and." I guess we don't ask ourselves too much too many questions about that and the last thing was um sustainability so i guess over the years um i was exposed to sustainability by for example working in in the oil patch and i saw how how much um land destruction was occurring and throughout my education as well that um I became more and more interested by sustainability, uh, whether it was in renewable energies or sustainability of the built environment. And regardless if climate change exists or not, um, I think that if we want to change the world, if we want to uh, protect mother hurt, I think that it's important to change ourselves. So right there, the lifestyle consulting became stronger. The idea became stronger and stronger. The feeling became stronger inside of me. And I thought, wow, this is really, this is not just, oh, habits. I'm going to change my habits and, oh, I'm going to change my lifestyle. This this is part of the equation, but it's really uh, to change ourselves. And to change ourselves is both mindset and both emotional. So it's like a combination of the two that, um, that makes the change and uh, creates lifestyle change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess because you said most people don't even realize that they're unhappy, might be the right word, with, with all these material possessions. So what does it take to really come to that realization and overcome the external pressures of the material world that we live in, right? Because most people might say, no, I'm okay. I want to be in debt and I want to live this way.
1: So that's a, that's a very good question. I think that's a, yeah, that's really an excellent one. And I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a really difficult one. Um, people who will express this, this unsatisfaction that they will express this, they will express this, this sadness and this this frustration inside of them. Um, they will eventually come to realize maybe that uh, clutter has something to do. The clutter has something to do um, with their lifestyle, and that clutter has to do has something to do with their um, with their sadness, uh, their emptiness inside of them daily. And yeah, that's, (laughs) that's a really difficult question. Because yes, some people will be, and I know, uh, some, some people, some friends in my circle that actually they, 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 they just, they have a lot of stuff. They, they own a lot and they want to get more and more and more all the time. And I guess, Without realizing it, they want to follow the trend. And I guess I can't really do anything for them because they're not they they, they don't feel that they are they don't feel that nothing's they feel that nothing's going wrong in their life. Um, so it will be for for people, the ones who realize that, hey, you know i'm 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 looking at all this clutter at all this stuff that is that is in my house and i'm and I'm feeling. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling depressed, and I don't know what to do with it. So, these people I can help, but the other ones, um, I can I can listen to them. I can chat with them. I can ask some questions. Maybe will trigger something in their mind that they 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 will start thinking. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a really good question. Yeah,
0: because. I guess because what you're basically trying to hint at is all of the physical and all the external clutter is, is really a reflection of this internal clutter and this emotional struggle that's going on inside. So for those that might be ready, how do we start that emotional healing from the inside?
1: I always like to, to ask the person, um, first of all, how are you feeling? right here, right now, and when you are in your living environment, your house or your home, um, I'll get back to it in a second, but when you are in your living environment, um, how, how are you feeling? If you look around your environment, how are you feeling? Are you feeling? Uh, are you feeling sad? Or are you feeling happy about this environment? Or are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling anxious? And I always like to ask the question, do you feel like your your living environment is a house or is it a home? If it's a home, it's actually um, your home, your living environment um, looks like your personality. It feels comfortable. It feels, it reflects your personality. And if, or does it feel like a house where you are just, collecting a whole bunch of stuff all the time so that's I guess one of the first questions that I ask so it's all about asking the right questions um, so that people can find their own they can find their own answers
0: mm-hmm. and I guess what about because I've heard you talk about other interviews and you know about Two thirds of our regular audience uh, are guys, are males, and I've heard you talk about oh well, you don't need you know more than five dresses if you know find the five dresses that make you happy. Well, I don't really wear dresses, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with anyone who does, right? But so, do you find that it's maybe it's different f- for guys, or maybe that they're they're dealing with it differently, or they don't really realize, or they don't have the same struggles with external clutter or internal?
1: I guess they have the same struggle you're very right i guess that i picked women um in my micro niche as my target audience uh, because that's where i saw that uh, mostly women uh, were expressing a bit more openly and were a bit more open to uh to heal and to talk about clutter and how to get rid of it um, And you're right for, for men, I guess that it's a bit, uh, it's the same, the same issue really, but it's, I guess it's expressed a little differently. Um, I'll give you an example. My, uh, my, my boyfriend actually, him and I, we have two different lifestyle. He owns a lot of stuff, which tells me that he uses every single item, which I don't believe him. It's difficult to talk about it with him. And and I find that he's a a typical typical person that um, will not be exactly very open-minded to talk about that and to express it like a woman would be. And I find that um, maybe guys are a bit more, like in terms of decluttering, and cleaning and organizing these three uh, these three components, I find very very important. So the decluttering is a lot easier with women. I found so far, um, and with with guys, it's 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 not as easy. And the cleaning and organizing as well is the same thing. Um, so yeah, but i haven't I haven't spoken. Too much uh, with men so far about that. So thank you. That's a very that's a very interesting uh, that's a very interesting point and comment that uh, you're bringing here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I was just thinking about it because my my living environment is less than ideal, and I've been getting better. But I, I tend to be the guy that collects a lot of stuff as well. And I have lots of gadgets and, you know, and I know that I don't use most of those things. So I just, I, I thought it'd be interesting. And then maybe this is an opportunity to start that conversation for men as well. And maybe, you know, your your boyfriend is watching and this will also be the motivation for him <laughs> to talk more openly about it, not to put him or you on the spot. But absolutely. I think this will be, you know, I don't want to just don't send me angry comments afterwards. Like, you're so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Could yeah, no, that?
1: no, 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 I think that will be fine. Actually, he's he's not, he's not even on, uh, he's not even on Facebook. So
0: uh... <laughs> well, we'll have to, I the... <laughs> to find him and get him. Get him the exactly. Video exactly. But you,
1: you're right. You're right. Because you know, you, it's wow. That's, you just get me thinking here. And thank you for that because yeah, women, the conversation with women and men is, is basically the, the it's the, the basic the base of the question and the conversation is really the same. It's just that, I guess that my target audience for now, my my 1000, when my 1000 true fans for now are, turns out, they turn out to be women more than men because the, uh, yeah, I guess the open mind, uh, the mind is a bit more open uh, to the conversation so yeah
0: no absolutely so so what do you think what is that motivation that we need to overcome resistance to change right because at its core that's basically what we're talking about is once you realize you also have to be willing to take the steps to change but what's stopping us
1: wow i i guess that uh it's the fear of change um the fear of moving forward, the fear of um, getting out of our comfort zone, because I, I, I guess that it's so comfortable once we, when we are, we are surrounded with with clutter, and we are, yeah, I guess it it can feel. It can feel comfortable in a way. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would think that's really the fear of change. It's the fear of the fear of of moving forward. And and I think there's also an emotional component. There's like an emotion. I I like to talk about the emotional trash bag that Mm -hmm. we carry from, from, um, the emotional trash bag that we carry from birth. So all our life, we, um, I guess, let's say a baby, um, if the baby's sad or pissed, you know, the baby cries or yells or screams. But for us adults, it's we've been exposed to society and we've been surrounded by other people for all these years. So I guess we're hiding. We're hiding and we are putting these sadness and, and frustration. We're piling our um, emotional trash back over the years. And it's like we're we're poisoning ourselves. So I think that's part of the uh that's part of the equation as well, both the fear of change and getting out of our comfort zone and also um these emotions and these things these this emptiness inside of us that it's difficult for us to connect with it and to express it so I think that's uh that's part of the equation as well
0: so do you think in a way then the the business accelerator was a bit of that for you of dealing with that emotional trash bag,
1: absolutely. Even though it
0: wound up not being the focus of your of your business,
1: absolutely. And 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 you know that's that's an excellent question. I think that's to us to an extent, it was what I needed to. Uh, that was like a, I'm I'm trying to think of an image here. I think that's that's totally that was necessary for me to move forward to the next step. It was necessary for me to 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 really embrace the lifestyle consulting to really step into it properly I think that that was completely necessary, and in that way uh it was not a waste at all like you said earlier that was not a waste at first I saw it as a waste waste of time kind of thing right but no that was that was not a waste that was completely necessary it was I guess something I, it was meant to be, because it's the the business ex, the biz act is really, it it shakes us right. It's not a it's not a really comfortable it's not a really comfortable course, which is fine. That's that's perfect actually. So.
0: No, absolutely, yeah. I agree. That's yeah. that's what I love about it, and that's in and that's what I think some people hate about it. Is it because it gets you to be really uncomfortable? Absolutely. But that's the that's the whole point is. For some reason, there's this perception that you're gonna have it all figured out in eight weeks, but no, it's just supposed to give you a start <laughs> and shine a light, maybe in some dark places that you didn't want to look. It it certainly has done that for me.
1: Oh wow, that's that's amazing! Yeah, to shine a light in the dark, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's yeah, I can, I can totally relate to that. And it's true, right? It's not like if oh, in eight weeks everything's figured out. Uh, you will have made a million dollars and uh, right. there you go. You're this uh, fortune 500 and
0: <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. so, I guess with decluttering, switching to sort of the more, the physical and practical aspects of it, where do we start?
1: Well, um, I like to think that there, well, I like to say that there are three steps. I like to, First of all someone who wants to declutter first of all has to to acknowledge you know that uh uh this is something that he or she wants to do and also to really tap into the emotional component how are you feeling you know and how does this environment makes you feel and what do you want to do with it what is your what is your goal what is your what is your project what's the what's the end um how do you want it to look like in the end? And so the first thing is to declutter is to really look at, that's the first step to really look at every single piece of item and to really look at it. And I like to ask myself the question, is this something that I really need? Is this right here, right now? Is this something that I really need? Is this adding is this adding value to my own life? And can I use it to add value to other people and to my outside environment? And then the decluttering is both physical but also internal. It's always both, right? So I declutter my internal world and I declutter my my outside world. So the first step out of the tree is a very is a very important one and it's a very it's a very not easy one as well just like the second step the second step is I'm going to I'm going to clean my internal world I'm going to clean myself so it's to really tap again tap into my my emotional side of myself and I'm going to clean my outside world as well once I've reduce the amount of possession that I own um, once I have all the possessions that that are in my life and that I'm I am using and that I will be using on a regular basis then in the end once I, I clean I can take all these possessions and put them back in place and to organize and tidy hmm. And that's uh, that's not an easy job, but it's it's completely durable, completely durable.
0: And I guess if we if we get stuck, we can always reach out to you for help.
1: Absolutely, I love to chat. I love to look at what people are doing, and um, not exactly make suggestion, but to ask ask questions because people have their own. People have their own solutions. People, people are, are able to uh, find their own answers. So that will be, uh, for me, an honor to, uh, to look at uh, the job that has been done so far and to accompany that person and to ask questions mm. so that the person can keep on the work by himself or herself and find and find uh, and find a solution that it that will be working for him or her
0: right cuz you're really enabling people to adopt these new tools right into their repertoire so that they can continue doing it rather than becoming a crutch for them
1: absolutely absolutely and and i'll and i'll say this for example if someone says oh you know i have these 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 five dresses that i really love and i absolutely want to keep them that's fine if that makes you if that makes you happy not just happy but truly happy authentically happy if you feel happiness to keep these five dresses and you feel that you will you will use them you will put them on often and that they add value to your own life and they you can add value as well on the outside, um, that's perfect. If that makes you happy, that's fine.
0: And and what about the typical excuse? Like, Oh, well, I'll use that someday.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) that's a really good, that's a really good one. Um, okay. I, I could, I could tell you a little piece of story here, uh, quickly. I guess my, my last job, I was working uh, I was working in an office, and I was feeling very miserable, and I was very sad about that job, and I was especially uh, upset with that job. So one night after work, uh, sorry, I'm just gonna plug my computer here. Ah, damn it. Okay, almost no more battery, so. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went to, um, after a hard wait at work, hard day at work. I went to the store and I bought this. Um, I went to a store and I bought um, I went to a first store and I bought some clothes. Um, obviously, I think, you know, the rest of the story. I bought the, these these clothes and obviously I did not try them on. They did not fit me. I thought they were really looking nice. And I thought, yeah, I'm totally yeah. Yeah, I'm going to wear them. Of course, I'm going to wear them. Yeah, at some point, I'm going to wear them. Back at my place later, um, I <clears throat> put them, I left them in the bag with the tag on. I never wore. Because we know it. We really, really know if we are going to wear something of, or if we're not going to wear something. We know very well, deep inside of us, if we are going to use or not use an item. We know that very well, every single one of us. Even if we try to tell us, oh yeah, no, it's just, no, 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 we know exactly if we're going to wear it or not. And we hold on to things, um, like we hold on to all all this, this trash that we have in our emotional trash bag, all this sadness and all this frustration that we carry and we accumulate over the years, um, We are not really, we're just pushing the bag. We're pushing the, all these emotions in our trash bag. And um, we're not capable of expressing them. We just, it it feels very uncomfortable. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I guess it's the person knows. So it's just to ask the question, you know, how are you feeling about this this item? Have you used it uh, recently, or have you ever used it at all? And do you remember the context uh, in which you bought that item? Do you remember how you were feeling? Were you feeling sad when you bought that, or were you feeling uh, uh, were you feeling mad? Was that what What was the context? So I always like to ask the question: What What is the context in which the person? Um, purchase that item there's always there's always a story right behind when I'm purchasing something
0: no absolutely you're making me think at my closet I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go take a hard look after this because I, I know there are definitely items in fact I have one exactly one specific exactly like your dresses where I bought I think it was like a pair of pants or something that I never um, I might still actually have them in the back of the closet somewhere, in a bag. Mm-hmm. And I just knew. And it also, you just made me flashback to, like, basically a shopping therapy session where uh, a long-term relationship that I was in a- ended rather rather badly. And I just remember going on this shopping spree and buying clothes that were just completely different from what I would typically wear. And I maybe be more than once. And so in a way, I guess it was okay because it was like healing, but that may have been a more productive way to probably deal with that. But
1: anyway. That's, that's very interesting what you're saying because uh, I, I guess that, um, I guess all of us, every single one of us is guilty of that. And actually we don't really realize it at first. I guess we are, I guess we want to get away from thinking about Ah, uh, this sadness or frustration that we're feeling inside, and we go we go on and 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 do we go search externally um for an answer for an activity, something that is going to allow us to temporarily f- forget about uh, what we're feeling inside. So, yeah, that's a good point you're bringing.
0: Well, I think that's the whole business model that Amazon is predicated on right just look at the last six months like the sales skyrocketed and i know i'm guilty of this too and i and, and i tell myself and i think for the most part i've been pretty good as far as actually purchasing things that i will use but i know that it's definitely been a source of therapy that i have to work on as well because like even last night i was i was feeling a little bit off and so i've been eyeing this really expensive microphone to upgrade my setup and I, and I pulled the trigger. It's actually, it's not hooked up yet, but I, I picked it up earlier today before we got on. And, you know, and I tell myself, all right, I'm going to have 80 more of these interviews. So I know it's actually going to be put to good use, but I know the purchase was actually an emotional one. And so okay. it's trying to. so for me, it's been, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but trying to find how to channel that, knowing that, yes, this is therapy, but I'm going to channel it in a way where it's going to also result in a, in, a purchase of an item that's actually going to add value down the line, even though in the moment it's an emotional thing that I'm working through.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'm guilty of that. I mean, I, I saw so many times in the past, even though I was born and raised in a simple living family kind of thing, right? Where um, I always had what I what I needed. And but over the years, right? Uh, there was really the emotional component that uh, kicked in and uh, that I ended up I ended up um, buying stuff and without really realizing it at first without while I was forgetting to tap into how I was feeling inside I would go on and, and purchase something that I knew I, 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 I did not need even though I thought yeah I, I want it I, I really really want it. Um, and realizing not long after, really not long after that it wasn't gonna be it wasn't gonna make me happy, really
0: yeah it's 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 really interesting how we how we work things out. And I guess it just comes down to basic human nature and absolutely. Primitive. You know, and the material world was just set up to uh, take advantage of it for better or worse. Yes.
1: Absolutely. And you see, it it, uh, reminds me of, um, you know, my, when my, with my, uh, one of my parents uh, passed away in 2015, five years ago, Uh, my father, you know, is his uh, ashes, they were in a small bag, just about this big. You see, just about this big. And I thought, wow. Can you imagine that a person will live for X number of years? We don't know how long we're going to live. Most of us, we live, we, we, um, it's like in the back of our mind, we think we're going to live forever and we collect all these things. But in the end, who gives a rat's ass because we're going to end up in a small velvet bag of ashes and someone is going to take the little bag and put it in a hole on the ground. All that for how much did it cost? $275. I think my mom paid for that for two guys to dig a hole and put a bag in it and then just fill up the hole afterwards. So we live our lives collecting all these things that, don't serve us they don't add any value to us to our lives and we end up in a hole can, can you imagine oh my goodness
0: <laughs> wow well,
1: it's a bit crazy
0: yeah it, it, it's also powerful and true cuz we can't take it all with us yeah right. Re- regardless of right what you think or what you believe happens Afterwards, either way, we know for a fact that you can't take the physical possessions with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And Estelle, what have you learned maybe in the last two years or as little as six months that really excites you?
1: I can have um, a minimal lifestyle. And all that, by having an optimal life, my, my, my lifestyle can be so minimal, can be so simple, and I can have an optimal life. I can live a very happy life, and a happy life where I'm, I'm connecting daily with what is inside of me. That's, that's, that's a bit scary, but that's also, that's also very important. And that's, um, that's very powerful. And I think that, uh, yeah, that gives us great power and that um, allows us to move forward. And I find that very exciting.
0: That's awesome, right? Because you don't have all those possessions to distract you. So you, you have to be one-on-one with yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Estelle, what do you know that nobody else knows that pisses you off that they don't know?
1: Holy shit. That's a good question. What do I know?
0: What's the thing that to you it's like, this is so obvious. Why don't you know this?
1: I, I would say I would say um, that sentence that I, I mentioned earlier that I to me is is really feels very obvious um, for for myself and, and my good friend Alberto uh, who's 74 years old I, I worked with him in the past I I wish he was on social media I would gladly introduce you to him he's amazing I'm sure you guys would get along um, he would always say Estelle look at people lifestyle he would always say that lifestyle and he would say, Yeah, people survive. People survive in debt. That's to me, that's incredibly powerful. And that is so true. People survive in debt.
0: It's Gloria. Hi. Oh, Sorry, I got distracted. Sir, <laughs> but sir. absolutely. They do survive in, in debt. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a crutch. So, but the other thing that I saw you, you posted maybe a couple of weeks ago, I think, or actually it was on your live. So yeah, it was about a week ago. That, that, that's the sort of your other motto, I think, <laughs> that I just absolutely love. <laughs> yeah, have the shit, twice the
1: cleaning. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because I, I, I felt a little, uh, just bef- I kept having that in my mind. Have to shit twice the cleaning because it's, it, I guess, it's something that my mom would always tell me in French, you know. Uh, um, I mean, I, I won't say it in French, but yeah, I, I, please I, do because I think I, it'll, be, yeah. it'll
0: be awesome. So,
1: my mom would always say uh, in French, uh, imagine toi Estelle, si les gens, uh, si les gens um, possédaient moins moins de cochonneries, et puis qui nettoyaient deux fois plus, donc réduire de moitié ce qu'on possède, et puis. Uh, nettoyer deux fois plus. So basically, if people would reduce f- of fifty percent the crap they own and they clean fifty percent more, imagine the revolution, so to speak. And just the concept of half the shit, just just the word shit, I was feeling very uncomfortable. To, to, and I thought, okay, you know what? I I gotta stop this this this. I'm tired of my own bullshit, you know, I need to, I need, I'm just going to put it on and I'm going to do a live and, and I'm feeling always super uh, nervous and uncomfortable in lives. Um, And I thought, okay, I'm just going to, cause yeah, that's my, my mother really inspires me with this half the shit, twice the cleaning. Imagine if we own 50% less, if we, and we clean more, how great is that? How fun is that to have a clean place a clean space and, and, and a clean mind, reducing the, (laughs) reducing all the shit that we own because yeah, we, we own a lot of shit. A lot of us, we own so much stuff and too much. Mm -hmm. Most of us, we have too much. Yeah. And, and it's like, we we don't want to, we don't want to realize that, but we don't want to, uh, to be honest with ourselves. But yeah, we have too much and, 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 and somehow our, our our living environments are a complete dumps. A lot of people. I mean, I, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah.
0: absolutely. That's awesome. So, but that short phrase, half the shit, twice the cleaning. What does that sound like in French? <laughs> oh my
1: goodness. Okay. uh. uh moins de cochon, <laughs> moins de cochonnerie, moins de cochonnerie, 50% moins de cochon, half the shit. La moitié moins de cochonnerie, deux fois plus de nettoyage. There you go.
0: (laughs) It's more concise. Just trying to set you up for success in both uh, English and French. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) awesome. And and Gloria says, good, which brings me to the question I wanted to ask you sort of towards the end is what does uh, extreme ownership mean to you? Right? Because that's a famous Jocko Wilmick sort of phrase.
1: Um, I you know what it's to um to be honest with ourselves. To start being honest with ourselves. And yeah, the have to shit twice the cleaning is I guess the beginning of the, the thinking process, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. extreme ownership. That's I'm responsible fully for my own happiness. I'm responsible fully, a hundred percent for my decisions and in a pool, in an ocean of so much choices, I'm responsible for deciding. I can't, for example, I can't say, oh, there's all this, all these commercials on television. Oh, there's all this publicity, all this advertising. Oh, this is influencing us. Bullshit. Okay. You have the choice. You have, you have all this choice and you have to make a decision. Every single one of us have to make a decision, regardless of the influence, regardless of the advertisement, and regardless of everyone else. And I guess that's um, a huge goal. That's a very inspiring and difficult goal uh, for every single one of us on planet Earth to To being able to recognize what it is that we are feeling and to acknowledge, oh, I have all this choice regardless of how many boxes of cereals, for example, there is. I have to choose in the first place. I have to decide if I want cereal and to decide which boxes, which box of cereal I'm going to choose or maybe I'm going to make my own cereals. see so that's yeah that's to, to me that's what extreme ownership is is it's a constant battle it's a constant um decision process among all these choices i always have to decide regardless of yeah regardless i always have to decide and i have to live with the consequences of my decisions so and I can't blame nobody for that. So yeah. And to me, that's another thing that uh, one question you asked earlier, about um, um, something that is so obvious. Well, yeah, this, this, this is something to me that is so obvious that we we, this thing that um, nobody can decide for us, only us can decide for ourselves. And I guess that really often we we let, not that we let other people decide for us, but we let ourselves being influenced by other people, and we make a decision based on us wanting to fit in because we want to be liked. So I guess extreme ownership is really to to recognize that uh, not everybody's gonna like me. Um, And that's okay. I have to find a way to live with it because in the end I'm going to end up in a little hole in a little hold, in a small bag. And somebody will – I will pay somebody. I don't know. Maybe now it's more expensive. But in 2015, it was $275 to pay two guys to dig a hole for me to go in. And that's it. That's it. (laughs) You see?
0: (laughs) So – on that positive note, uh, why are you optimistic about the future?
1: Oh man, that's a good question. Why am I optimistic? Ah um, oh, man, that was the sentence that I, I, I would love to tell you. If I want to change the world, oh yes, I. If I want to change the world, start off by making your own bed, which means. There's small, tiny little action that I can do daily that I can decide to take daily in the in this ocean of choices. I can decide daily to make small little action in order to improve myself and also to help to change the world. So I think that's that's um, that's the positive note I could uh, leave you on, uh, my opinion. Yeah, it's it's all about small decisions that I will make daily that will have an impact because every decision we make have an impact, so.
0: That's awesome, thank you for that. And so I guess uh, there's a couple more questions really at the end. Who will Estelle Puri be in five years?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I still want to, uh, to be a uh, lifestyle consulting. I guess I want to um, develop other projects as well. I want to travel the world and uh, speak. Um, I'm interested to speak in schools uh, with teenagers, with adults, with small, child, s- small children. Um, I want to, to be a better version of myself. I want to uh, work daily at getting rid of my ego so that I can make my own decisions and not influence other people to make their own decisions um, so that I can leave that, you know, like a live and let live to really embrace that fully. Uh, I think that's really important. And um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, just um, accompany as many people as I can.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you want to help as many people as you can.
1: Absolutely, all around the world. I'm I'm open the whole planet.
0: It seems to be the central theme of of London Real.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Changing the world, one academy course at a time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and, and with the, an online business, it's uh, it's possible to do that, right? It's uh...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I've been amazed in just the last, you know, because I started the podcasting course first, so it's been 10 weeks now. And just the amount of amazing people that I've made and the connections that I've made, right, including this one, which is like two degrees of separation, right, as I met someone at London Real, and then I met you through them. And then, you know, and we also now have friends in common, like our dear friend, Raphael, who's, who's been on the show. So it's just been phenomenal. I actually had someone I didn't answer yet, but someone asked me, because I keep making these connections on Facebook, and someone asked me, oh, it's good to connect with you, but can I ask you why you why you reached out to me? It's like, it's because I'm looking for like-minded people, right? I'm trying to build a network of people that can put out this positive energy into the world. And, so, and that's what we're doing. Amazing. One conversation at a time. So, Estelle, how can people connect with you? What's, what's the best way? Uh, so, uh,
1: they can connect with me uh, via Facebook uh, under my name, Estelle Poirier, or uh, via Instagram. Um, I am Oreo underscore Estelle. And also on my website, so intentionalselfconsulting.com
0: just put all those up on screen so for uh, anyone interested and wants to connect with this beautiful soul that would be the way to do it thank and you they, i wanted to ask you at the end just because i'm curious i was thinking about it today. is there a significance to oreo in your instagram handle
1: oh my goodness that's a, that's a hell of a story um actually <laughs> um i guess i i I guess I decided on that thing a few years ago because I, I guess I had a an Instagram account for I've had it for, I guess I've had it for a few years, and uh, I wasn't too active until last year I guess, and Oreo uh, Estelle is one of those crazy things that I that I thought about, and um, <laughs> it's like your Oreo cookie, you see, and I thought. Man, how cool would it be one day that I could meet two chubby, overweight black guys and that I would be in the middle and we would take a selfie. And that would be like a that would be like an Oreo cookie, you know, and that would be super awesome. Like two overweight, chubby black guys that would give me a hug. How cool would it be? Yeah, that, that's a bit weird, eh? Totally weird. But that's okay. I'm, 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 I'm weird. I'm, <laughs> I don't fit in. So I'm, I'm completely okay with that. <laughs> so yeah, that's the story with, uh, Orio Estelle, which by the way is going to happen. You know, this, uh, this ice cream sandwich thing is going to happen. And, uh, well, you know, all this imagination where I would be all dressed up in white and these black guys would be dressed up in, in, in black. And that that would be the perfect ice cream sandwich. Yeah and my 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 tagline actually uh with uh oreo estelle at first was um oreo estelle life is an ice cream sandwich i mean let me tell you i don't know if i could have i could have started the business with that but hey you never know eh <laughs> and by the way i was not i was not um i was not drunk when i started that account on okay. the tagline i was completely sober <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, well, Gloria is losing it in the in the background here on Facebook comments. So I absolutely love it. So I I, I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's very real <laughs> and awesome. On, on that note, well, I don't know if we can top it, but I gotta ask you, Estelle, at the at the end, uh, do you have any, any sort of any final words or wishes for the audience?
1: Um, if you want to change the world, uh, and, and and I'm taking that sentence from. Uh, um um how do i say uh from this this guy shoot i don't remember he's what a guy in the naval uh, navy i guess and uh he made a speech on and i saw it on youtube and he would always say if you want to if you want to change the world start off by making your own bed which i think is absolutely so powerful it's the first thing that we can do in the morning when we wake up is to make our own bed and to enjoy uh Taking the time to do it and to make it um, I think is incredibly powerful, so that 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 says a lot about us, um, how we how we love and respect ourselves, how we cherish ourselves and other people as well after after that. so I think that I, I fully believe that yeah, if we want to change the world we we can start off by making our own bed. I love that, yeah
0: yeah. It's so simple yet so true.
1: Absolutely. And and I could tell you another one. Uh, we can start by healing healing uh, our internal world to become more intentional with our outside world. And I guess that motto came to me and that got me thinking about intentional self-consulting. So.
0: And of course, everyone can now connect with you on intentionalselfconsulting.com or follow you on Facebook or LinkedIn or on Instagram at absolutely. Oreo Estelle. I think just that alone is going to get you a ton of followers now that we know the backstory to the Oreo cookie. Absolutely. So I expect to see that in your feed very soon realize
1: oh, And you know, the, the funny thing is I, I, I wanted to do that in, in New York city to maybe find a, a neighborhood where I could find two, two overweight black guys, you know, that would like to do a set of, or you know, ice cream sandwich with me. That would be awesome, let me tell you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully next time we can we can do this in person, maybe maybe in New York or in, in Quebec. And then if we do it in New York, then we'll we'll have to find uh, find that <laughs> that photo set up for you.
1: <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome.
0: <laughs> well, so thank you very much. I really appreciate you and wish you much success with just everything that you are doing, I think is is incredible and it's the message is is so real and inspiring and I think you're gonna help a lot of people and I just I can't wait to see it to see it unfold. Yeah. Thank you
1: so much. I really appreciate that and uh, it's been an absolute honor to be on your show and uh, I wish you the same to you and uh, I cannot wait to see it unfold and to to see the rest of uh, of what you're doing thumbs up it's gonna be amazing
0: i appreciate you and i appreciate all of you for listening if you'd like to be in the know about when the next episode is released head over to awkwardmind.com and subscribe that's all goodbye for now